0: And we're just, uh, Colin. We didn't we didn't say in our green room. I've got a bank of uh, green lights that tells me when all the social media feeds uh, come in, and they always coming in at different points of 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 time. And um, everyone, hello, Max McGillivray, Beanstalk. We just let all the social media uh, kick in. As uh, as I said, we're just talking in the in the green room about uh, the passions of the, these two individuals. Uh, Colin is a is a Colin. I'm going to call you a big professional bike rider as an um as, as a as a as a uh, bicycle. And uh, he was he was just uh, uh, saying about some of the the big rides that uh, that, that he does and, and his his love of his uh, of his bike. And Mark's just been talking about how 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 you run. What was it, Mark? Fifty miles a week? Sixty miles a week? Forty miles a week. Forty a week. So, so gen- gentlemen, I went to the to the gym yesterday to have an induction session, and uh, I got so what what's the plight word? Um, he, he worked me he worked me out did uh, did David and then I had to do a broadcast yesterday and I couldn't physically stand up after I'd been beasted by this uh, by, by so so here I am with two athletes uh, trying to do a broadcast and I my leg still hurt right here we go. Uh, it is great to be with the AHDB um, Agri-Leader team. Oh, Mark, you, you start us off. What's the purpose of these fantastic monthly broadcasts that we do, please? Mark, over Brilliant. to you. Brilliant. Thank you, Max, and
1: welcome everyone. Yes, yeah, so Talking Leaders, um, the AHDB Agri-Leader Talking Leaders series. It's really, we're just trying to, to find out a bit about other people and other sectors from around, within the UK and around the world, um, and see what we can learn from them and, and apply back uh, into UK farming.
0: Thank you mark and, and we've had so many um interesting people we've uh, from from uh, uh, olympic skiers to uh, individuals who've walked up uh, everest we've got a whole heap of people hey colin we've got you we've got you today
2: scraping the barrel there
0: Absolutely ridiculous, right? For for, uh, for the purpose of especially the people on the on the podcast, I just want to give uh, everyone a bit more of a, a bit of an in depth understanding as to who uh, Colin is. So, in our April broadcast, we're delighted to be joined by Colin Crooks, MBE, serial social entrepreneur and founder of Intentionality. Colin is a serial social entrepreneur with a track record of establishing impactful and sustainable social enterprises. Currently, he is launching Bird Run a novel competition designed to increase interest in wildlife and raise funding for environmental protection. Immediately before that, he started and ran Tree Shepherd, which over 10 years supported hundreds of people from low-income backgrounds to start their own business. Before that, he founded and operated five innovative recycling businesses. One of those, Green Works, was awarded the Queen's Award for Enterprise Sustainable Development. In 2012, he used his experience of employing more than 1,000 hard to employ people to write, how to make a million jobs, a charter for social enterprise, As such, I think this is brilliant, Colin. He was awarded the MBE in 2019 in the New Year's Honours list for services to disadvantaged people and the environment. As a qualified accredited coach and experienced facilitator, chair of meetings in community and business settings, he also runs Intentionality, which works to create and or support social enterprises to grow and increase their impact. So everyone, you can see why uh, we were so keen to get uh, Colin on. Um, If you think about or oh, what's this thing that we've always said, Mark, the best thing about running a business is employing people. The worst thing about running a business is employing people. And the more interest, the more um, information, the more learnings we can get from the, from the likes of Colin, it's it's all going to make us better uh, be- better, better leaders, better employers, uh, be- better people to, to work for, um, and also uh, to be more attractive for people to come and work for us. Colin, have I summarised your career to date appropriately, apart from missing out Tour de to France? Apart from the Tour de France. Uh, well, it sounds wonderful. Um, it's uh,
2: very exciting. i uh, yes. It's it, I think I'd recognise that most of that stuff.
0: Yes, excellent, Mark. I do like it when people are so modest, and so we put them on the on, on on the spot, and we we just want to tell them that they're, they're brilliant. So they go, "Well, it's not really me. Are you sure this is me?" But here, here we have here we have Colin. Colin. So just give us a bit bit more of a of a flavour. What what were your beginnings, and how did you end up where you are? Come on, Colin. Tell us all about you yeah
2: well, it, it started kind of when I was early thirties, I'd had about, I don't know, 17 jobs' been leaving school at 16, um, being a mature student at 23, I'm just deeply dissatisfied with being an employee, wanted to do my own thing, I guess. I didn't really know what that was. And then one day I had an opportunity, somebody phoned me, I started to get interested in paper recycling and the environment. It was about 1989. And some, a friend of mine phoned me and said, do you know anything about paper recycling? Because I want to set it up in my bank. And cut a long story short, I said, well, I do know something about it and I'm setting up a business that will recycle your paper. I, I wasn't, I didn't think I was anyway. Um, but when a vice president of a fairly big American bank phones you up and says, you know, gives you a, basically a golden lead to get something started, you've either got to jump or, you know, that's one of those opportunities missed. So, I basically bought a van, 150 quid, a 21 year old Ford Transit camper van that brakes didn't work very well. And I started collecting paper from friends and uh, people at work work, and built that into a business called Paper Cycle that employed 15 people at its peak, three vehicles going out every day, six days a week, um, collecting 80 tons of paper a a week, rather, recycling that. Um, it was just, I loved it. It was the first business I set up. Um, I had so much fun, so exciting. Um, we run accounts for British Airways, BBC, Ernst Young, uh, Unilever. We took accounts from long-established companies. We, we started exporting to Holland and Germany. Um, it was the, uh, the best time. And I employed people. I mean, we couldn't pay fantastic wages, we employed people from the local job centre in Brixton, in London. And one day, I put an advert out. It, uh, I think, about four o'clock in the afternoon. I phoned. I think you had to fax it through. And uh, I wasn't expecting it to go live until you know the following day. It takes a little while. And um, it was it was a hundred fifty pound a week job for um, drivers the bait. Not a fantastic job, but you know. A, a, you know, eight jobs. Yep. Um by half past four my one of my the forklift driver came up to me and said, Colin, what on earth are all these people outside? Oh good grief. We had eighty five people queuing up around the corner with their wives and girlfriends, desperate for this job. I'd never seen anything like it before in my life. And um well it really changed my sense of direction about what I could do uh, over time Um, and this was you know a time of deep and profound unemployment yeah and people were just going for any job they could do and I couldn't interview 80 people so I just took the first person who had a driving license that said they'd turn up at six in the morning and drive a van and um, that's what we did from there on in and I took dozens and dozens of people from those sorts of backgrounds disabled from the local brick from Brixton prison, straight out of work, straight out of prison, um, and found that to be one of the most rewarding experiences you could imagine, of giving people the work that who were desperate. And um, yeah, um, that set me up on this sort of road to social enterprise. So I think paper cycle was a social enterprise, the term didn't exist at the time. As I
0: was about to say, it's so almost like you set up a social enterprise before social enterprises were a thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, they, they weren't a thing. Um, I didn't know that's what I was doing. It just seemed the right thing to do. I wanted to recycle and do environmentally good work. And then I found this passion for helping people get into work. And I found, as an employer, I could help them. Okay. Um, I was on the phone to landlords when they were about to evict my staff. Oh, And, and talked to them about coming to a payment
0: plan. Yeah.
2: You know, I said oh, i did up there. Wages in advance and pay the rent for them. I negotiated with a credit card company that was that was trying to really? get this guy who's in a messy divorce and all and wife had disappeared, so he was getting all the calls. And I managed to get his um, payment terms down to something like five pounds a week. He thought I was God because yeah. I negotiate with these people on his behalf. Um, really rewarding. I could help so many people directly. Not just by putting money in their pockets as, a, as an employee but actually helped them with some of their more challenging you know literally their housing situation
0: yeah and so, um, so so colin was that beneficial for you as a business because um if everyone everyone's looking uh left as, a, as an employer they're looking for that standard thing and you're looking right and, and bringing in these things trying to find the right phraseology these disadvantaged people and, and looking to a system. did that did that help you and your business to accelerate because you you were you were bringing workforce in from over here rather from over there
2: i think so i'll tell you a story um in the paper industry people drive onto your waybridge and um they try and they sell you paper, and the bulk you buy it uh, on a wholesale basis. And there's loads of tricks in the trade where they put heavy lumps of yes. metal, and concrete in the paper to try and boost the weight. Yeah. And then take it off before they get back onto the bridge. And uh, they tried to bribe one of my staff to turn a blind eye. You know, give him a tenner or something. And bearing in mind he was on about I don't know what he, what the rate would have been five or six pound an hour or something. It was Ten pounds or twenty quid was quite a lot of money. He just goes straight into the office. To wow, this guy's trying to stitch us up. Wow. you know, he just his loyalty to, the, to me and to the company was much greater than, and uh, we just fronted him out. Uh, 10 of my staff just got up and just chased him out really? of the factory. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, yeah, huge amounts of loyalty and very little turnover of staff, people stayed. Um, So once you've recruited and you've gotten through that hump, and I've got to say, the first few weeks and months was difficult, none of them, they weren't used to working, they didn't understand some of the basics of turning up on time and all that stuff. But once they'd cracked it, they became very loyal, very productive members of staff and uh, fun to work with.
0: Yeah, and it, it was interesting watching just watching your mannerisms. When I said to, to Mark earlier about the best thing about running a business is employing people, the worst thing about running a business is, is, is employing people. And um, I, I won't nominate them, but Mark and I, in, in recent times, we, we um, interviewed on a, on a particular uh, farming business and an, an amazing business. And they got this sort of real. Sometimes I enjoy the phrase, and sometimes I don't. This family feel um, to them that they allowed all the workers into the into the farmhouse to. Um, to enjoy all aspects of of that, but even they have had problems in in, in the past with the uh, people that just weren't r- right for them, and and had to had to let them go. But I, I suppose, Colin, help me. I suppose it's a bit of a numbers game sometimes that if you're as good as you can be there's always going to be people that you can bring on and help and that you're going to better them and they're going to be with you uh, forever. But I suppose there's some people that just for, for whatever reason, aren't going to fit within your business. And you just got to be grown up and mature about that and, and look to help them to assist them to move on to something else. Whilst, whilst you then carry on as, as you are and find other people.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah not everyone worked. I mean, uh, I had, I have a kind of day one and day 100 test, if you like. But day one, they typically, if they're not, if they don't fit, they leave either on that day because they can't bear it or they don't come back for day two and that's fine you can't do much about them if they come back for day two you've got a chance of working with them because they they kind of know what they're letting themselves in for um day 100 is really interesting so about three months in so people that are drug addicted or have had quite difficult challenging problems often get a bit confident after about three months and then go and do something like go on a bender or something and then become you know they go back to their old ways basically so i developed some you know techniques for working with them over that period nine ninety 90 days ish to inc- to a, to increase the level of challenge so they didn't get too comfortable through that period to get them through to like six months when they yeah. was, they then ingrained those habits of work in a much more comprehensive way and then so I rec- once I recognized that, because it was a trend, you could, I could see it. I really. Thinking, what's going on here? And then we started to do some work on that. And um, so that that's, that's, so day one is really important. Get them through the first day. Yeah. But um, yeah, not everyone fits. And I think the most important thing is that you do set up a genuine work regime. So um, I was running a business that was delivering a service to some of the biggest companies on earth. We can't let them down. Yeah, you know, if we don't turn up at half past six or seven o'clock in the morning, we lose the contract. Yep. Yeah. So I can't have people that don't get up and don't turn up. You know, there's yeah. no, uh, there was no gifting. There wasn't, it wasn't a charitable enterprise where I could stroke them. You know, yeah. they had to do the job, um, and I could help them, but they they had to help me. Yeah. And there was no, uh, there was, you know, uh, it wasn't, um, it wasn't slack in any way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, yeah. Colin, earlier this week I had the pleasure of in- interviewing an individual who um is a, is a farming business and it's a half a billion pound turnover with sites in the UK, um, Africa and, and, and America. And I asked this individual, so it's a second generation business, I said, what, What's your success? And I hardly got the question out. And he said, people, surround yourself with the best people. And if you can do, find people who are far better than you um, and, and inspire them, motivate them. Uh, because if you have that collective team, as a team, you're going to be far better than an individual. You can't be egotistical. You can't do it by by yourself. You've got to give, give, give. You can't abdicate. Um, you uh, just you just got to delegate and find find the right people. Presumably, with it, with your business model, with all the businesses that you've had, it's not just you. you. You've managed to garner a team around you. Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So, and I think that's actually one of the secrets is having uh, a mission, having a passion. So we. Uh, uh, well, in the later industries, I was recycling furniture, office furniture, on a really big scale. So taking furniture from Barclays and NatWest Bank and you know, huge banking and other organisations. Thousands and thousands of tons a year of furniture, running big warehouses. And um, I had a great team around me. And I think the reason I had a great team was because we had a very, very clear vision. It wasn't just about making money, it was actually about Recycling to the highest possible standard, reusing, supporting other organizations and employing people who were hard to employ. So I brought in commercial, commercially trained managers, warehousemen and all that, they they weren't social workers, but they bought into the mission. They liked the idea of working for Greenworks, they loved the idea of, of that mission, obviously not every candidate did. You have to choose the get the people that got the idea, got the concept. And then once you've got that that talent, then you could really expand. Then you could really boom. Yeah. I can't do it on my own. No, totally not. You need good people with you. But they good people that get the mission.
0: Yeah. I, and Colin, I think we've, I've used this example with Mark before. I, I call it the the, um, the inspiring forklift driver that quite often when I go to, to visit a business, if you want to find out what's going on, go speak to the forklift driver or, um, or, 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 or similar in- individuals. I, I remember going to w- one business or oh, some 15 years ago. And he told me that the, the it's a big business, 200 million pound business in the fresh produce sector. Uh, that it was in problems, and they're about to lose their, their main retail account. This is the forklift driver telling yeah, me. Know. When, when I got, um, I then went to see the MD. He didn't have a Scooby Doo. Didn't he? Didn't have a. And what happened two weeks later? They lost the big the big account. Everyone within the team knew. So it's such a powerful force, isn't it? That team. You've got to get them on side. And if you get them on side, get them singing your 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 mantra, your your message, and then on just a jingoistic way, it's, it's going to take to that next stage mark come on you've been exposed to enough businesses you must see the same
1: yeah no exactly and i think one of the real good examples of that is is the rnli um uh, and we were fortunate enough to go to head we're not far from the head office down in pool um uh, and we did a bit of a session down there and we met the caretaker as we walked in and we just uh, asking where to go and what he does uh, and his, his response to what he does within the business is I'm, I'm here to help save lives oh. even though he looked after the building he, was, he wasn't a lifeboat man but he was part of that vision and part of that, that culture to actually his his part contributed to helping save people's lives which is, is 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 what we need to see yeah
0: so it's all about people so come on Colin as a, uh, we're going to use you as our, our kaleidoscope what do you see in business at, at, at the moment I know we're going through lots of things post-pandemic and um inflation is all, all over the place and uh and we might have a change of government or an election coming up next year but but what what are you seeing in business are you are you proud as to how British businesses is um is prepared? Or, or, or if you can have a proverbial magic wand, are there some things that you would like to do in the short term to to perhaps uh, fix things? What, what are you seeing within business, Colin?
2: Well, the the big central issue aside from cost of living um, and obviously inflation is labour shortage. That's probably one of the biggest drivers of inflation. Is that we can't find staff to do the jobs we need, Um, and everyone is saying this. That every single client I'm working with is struggling. uh, Professional or you know to basic levels and i i'm encouraging them to widen the net because actually there's a huge amount of talent that isn't recognized yeah. um and i just as an, a few examples i used to uh, again in this uh, furniture factory i was um we took people on at a very basic level because they have to think that they can do the job they have to believe they can do the job so kind of warehouse operator. But after a couple of weeks, we would then rotate them around the business for a couple of days in each department, you know, marketing, finance, credit control, HR, whatever, give them a flavor. Because what we found was these people, these relatively young people had no idea what work was, no concept, what what other jobs might be available or could be done. And because we were doing um, eBay sales, so we were photographing, we were, yeah. up art, we were doing selling, we, you know, lots of acti- different activities. And one guy came and he had no qualifications at all, no, no CSEs or GCSEs. And he put, got put in credit control for two days. And he had never seen an Excel spreadsheet in his life. Didn't know the thing existed. And absolutely loved
0: it. <laughs> and
2: within a week was our credit controller. No. <laughs> Seriously, from warehouse operator to credit controller in mm. a week. He just loved it so much. And um, he just took to it like a, a a babe to water, duck to water. Yeah. And um, be, and he, yeah. So that he, and that we couldn't possibly have known that he didn't even know. Um, yeah. And he didn't think he was numerous, but he turned out to be actually quite numerous.
0: Yeah. So. And, and, and you only found that out by employing him in the first place, and and yeah. having that flexibility, not being rigid, saying this this is your job, you will not look at anything else within yeah. the business.
2: Yeah, moving them around a bit and to see what they they liked. That really worked. We did that with many, many people, and we found real big surprises on often. That was, you know, that's just one example. So I think, and then I, and so what we've done with a lot of people is, is that sort of stuff, but I found that we can get people to work for us um, in quite surprising ways. I think part of that labor shortage is that we're not looking wide enough. We're, we're closing our eyes to yep. people that have got or don't look like us or they don't feel that they could do the work Um, but just another quick story so I employed a lady who was in prison for arson she was in for six years so this was a big big fire and she wanted to be an admin person she had perfect um, nails but she'd done lots of admin qualifications in prison and I took her on on day release, you know, to be searched coming out of prison, search going back into prison, she turns up. After a couple of weeks, she got. She said, I'm actually really quite bored, I, I don't like this. Can I work on the shop floor? And I said, yeah, you have a go if you like, that's why not, but it's very dirty down there and it's, you know, it's heavy. You know, the, we, some of the, lot of the furniture was not very good and we had to literally break it up manually with hammers, you okay. know, it's dirty work. And she said, no, I I want to go down there. And I said, OK. So, she said, I know I'm going to lose my nails. I don't bother about them, I just want to go down. Um, So, that's what happened the next day. She went down there and I went down a couple of days later. And whereas before, the four men that worked there worked in a very rough and ready way and the stuff was all over the place, it was actually slightly dangerous. Piles of metal and wood. (laughs) Um, I walked down there and it was total order.
0: Oh, excellent.
2: Everything was in its place. There was lanes between items. Everything was marked. And I said, What's happened? And they all of the guys just looked at this girl. She was twenty-eight, something like that, and she'd already done four years in prison, five years. Yeah. And um they totally respected her. She literally oh, banned the workshop from within a day. And I was blown away, literally just amazed. Yeah. Whereas people had said, we don't want that sort of person working in here. You know, cause she, she was an arsonist. I run a furniture warehouse. Um, <laughs> I'll make it up, okay. No, you, seriously, I mean, I had a hundred tons of highly varnished furniture in the warehouse at any one time. And she's an arsonist. So she comes in. And um, when she left, she lived in Wales when she was finally released she went back to work um people were petitioning me to keep her Yeah, grief. wow so i think we just don't look in all the right places um broaden the search because you're going to have to because we're not this country is not going to let a lot of people in um and so on that it broaden the search is, is one aspect of it and i'm hearing people saying yeah we've tried we're re- recruiting widely all that um but they can't do the job, they don't like the job. Um, a lot of the work I was employing people to do was very dirty, very heavy, quite sometimes quite dangerous, if done badly. And um, not everyone's cup of tea. But what I did with every single person, I evolved this. I didn't have all the answers right away. But I think the first thing to do is to put people in a team. So they work as part of a team from day one. They The team is dependent on them Being part of the team and doing pulling their weight, you create a team effort, not an individual effort. And you create a job that they can do. They physically think they can lift a desk or, you know, pick a a fruit or something. Um, And you, you within that ethos of working in the team, you create that there's a beginning and a middle and an end. So. On day one, they could, a truck would come in with uh, something like 10 tons of furniture. They would unload that truck and then dismantle the stuff that was broken, sort it all, triage it, and basically put the, the stuff into the warehouse. So they could actually see what they'd done from, say, you know, em- full truck, empty truck, distributed, priced out. So reconfiguring the actual work so that people can see what they've achieved. They're part of a team. They've done something. They've got pat on the back. They've been, you know, they've. So taking a desk off a truck, you can't do that on your own. They're too heavy and it's too high up. You have to do it as two people. One has to help you. So you have to take part. You can't just slide off. And um, so creating those sort of roles, whenever a person was working on their own, they very often didn't come back day two.
0: Ah, uh, there just you go.
2: Together as part of a team, doing a job that had an end. They came back.
0: Yeah, well,
1: no. I think that human bonding is, is the key to this recruitment just, development. Just to jump in and to build on that, we've had a question come in live uh, from Peter Green, and he's asking: um, Have you experienced any issues in terms of suspicion or resentment, etc., from members, uh, from new members of the team that are coming from these variously challenging backgrounds with the current members? That are established and maybe a little bit more stable um within the business and starting to get back in in on track and on um, on normality oh yeah, totally yeah we absolutely did uh, this is not an easy road to travel I'm not saying any
2: that this is easy but, um we had um so this, this this lady from prison I mean people resented her coming and they were frightened uh the first thing my warehouse manager did when I told him is he ran out and got 10 fire extinguishers and loads of, um, uh, fire exercise. <laughs> oh, no. mean, well what we probably needed them anyway. We probably hadn't been doing it properly, but it, he was terrified. Um, and there were quite a few people who said, why are we letting, you know, thieves and vagabonds in and you know, this stuff. And I said, well, you signed up to join this company. That's the ethic. It's on the front page of the website. I told you that in the interview. Pack. So. You know that's this is it the live reality um but yeah you would work with people there was a little bit of resentment but actually because most of these people came good they either left very quickly or they came good actually the resentment levels were very low
0: there you go and and just from a from an agricultural perspective as you've highlighted already colin there's such a shortage across all um, areas in, in the in the UK and it's something that Mark and I and his esteemed colleague Isaac uh, debate long and hard about how, how do we attract more people into the sector and uh, for all the HDB um, uh, members levy payers how do they attract people to come in, into their into their business I, I know you're not directly associated uh, with agriculture but if we could drop you in into the sector and everyone is saying we've all got the same issue we can't find people what what it's it's such a difficult question, uh Colin, but what would your answer be? What what would be my, my it's my um um uh, my, my uh magic wand again? What would be your advice as to how we can get attract more people into the sector do is it is it as you've intimated, we just need to broaden our search or is there more? I
2: think there's more to it. It's broaden the search, absolutely. Be really, really open minded. Um people are capable of doing more than we expect them, as I've illustrated. Um but I think it's also about vision. Um I think increasingly young people, but others besides are attracted by something that is more than just the practical, the hours, the work, the money. They actually want to work for something that has some meaning. And I think the, the, the agricultural sector, Cracky, is the most meaningful thing. Yep. We're, we're creating food for people, this is basic sustenance. We're protecting the environment. We're sustaining the planet, um, if, if run well. Obviously there are farms that aren't so Well, run in that regard. But, you know, good farms, doing good things, protecting nature, encouraging uh, growing food. There's a mission there. And I think actually broadcasting the mission, not I I want a tractor driver or I want group pickers. You know, I want people to join in this mission. Um, And getting people involved. I mean, I found quite a few of the people I work with, as I say. They weren't into recycling. They weren't into the environment. They thought they just wanted a job. I mean, they didn't come. They they weren't highly motivated environmentalists. That wasn't what I was getting. Um, but amazingly, I, I was actually quite surprised because I, I did talk about it a bit, obviously, and the company isn't totally about recycling and, and that. But actually, they started, they told me and they told other members of staff, and they famously on in an interview with the BBC. A couple of our staff said, Oh yeah, I started reciting at home now. It's really important.
0: Yeah, well
2: there you go. So I think they do. They do, they, they might not tell you. <laughs> Very rarely, I got hurt. I heard it, but uh, occasionally. But they, they it they were they want to be able to say something about where they were. Yeah. On a Friday night. They uh, another story. Um, my um forklift driver. You're absolutely right. The forklift drivers <laughs> are the key um i I overheard a conversation he He was having a, a smoke break um I was in the weighing room and um he was talking to a neighbouring you know employee and uh he we just started exporting our paper to holland and he he was so he was still loading bales of paper onto a truck i mean same job, nothing could change, but he was saying yeah yeah we're uh, we're exporting to Holland now yeah it's really big deal brilliant wow <laughs> the pride for me to hear that but yeah Excellent. he wanted to be able to tell a story about how important his job was it wasn't just um and that's yeah. I like, think employers can create that atmosphere about what they what their staff are doing what you're creating what you're growing
0: yeah colin well, well done i'm just going to pivot that and throw it back at mark because mark you. Um, we, on um, my day job, uh, re- recruitment wise, I, I see so many job descriptions co- coming through, and it's it's just crazy sometimes. that uh benefits twenty one days uh, a, a year holiday. That's not benefit. That's 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 the law. And and there's no, as you say, Colin. There's no mission. Not not mission statement. I hate that phrase. There's there's no yeah. there's no reason for people to be attracted to that particular business because it's just nine nine to five um, packing parcels or, or driving a tractor. When as as you say, we we sort of. I suppose we're so busy, we're so solid sometimes in our our thinking, we forget to think of, we're not making ball bearings, no offence to people making ball bearings, we're actually feeding feeding the UK, Mm -hmm. feeding the world, and we need to be proud of that. And just give you one example that really exasper- exasperated me about about a year ago, I was approached to find um, a farm manager for a, for a big estate um, up my neck of the woods in East Anglia, two and a half thousand hectares. And and the very belligerent um, owner said, oh, I don't want any greenie. We're not that interested in, in hedges or anything. It's all all about uh, just growing for growing for profit. And Kel Preezy still can't find a farm manager his, his mission is just completely wrong whilst other uh, businesses they've, they've wanted to go down um, regenerative agriculture and sustainability and uh, mm-hmm. with one client we presented a short list of 10 farm managers because they all wanted to work for this particular farm because he he colin he got got your mission he got 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 it and he wanted to create that change mark you, you, do, you do you think our, our sector we can learn from from colin we just but we just need to be brave and adapt our our messaging so that we can be more attractive to to bring people in from other sectors
1: yeah, I think you do. And it is, it's, we, again, it's not a, a complete U-turn. We're talking like one or two degree change in direction that will have a massive impact once you set off on that course. And it is, like you say, um, Max, it, it's 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 understanding that that individual has a bit of a purpose, knows what piece of the jigsaw puzzle they are to actually fulfill that, that kind of vision. We spend a lot of time at work and, and people want to know what, their their input actually will will have within the wider the wider business and where the, the thing's going
0: yeah and and, and colin when, when you're recruiting people and again is it is it with your businesses is it just you or is it a team effort to to find the people to interview the people to to attract them in
2: oh a team effort i mean obviously when i was, it was very small it was me yeah uh, but as i grew the business um definitely a team effort and um Oh yeah absolutely that's the most important thing i think the team gets involved. Um but i just wanted to add i mean we we would take tours of, um local authorities or clients or potential clients would come to visit the warehouse and have a look around and we even had people from korea come over uh, as they do um to see what we were doing. Um and though and those are really powerful we bring we brought, brought local members of the community in as well with local authority local um councillors. Um Massive boost. What people want to come and see this is it just well. a warehouse of furniture. In why would they um. want to come see us? And I I think that if, for instance, you were running a farm and as a, as a result of some initiative, you had um, nesting nightingale or, yep. or some you know relatively rare bird, and the local community got involved in that, I think the pride that that would engender, although it all is it's definitively a byproduct of your farming technique yeah. it's not the, the purpose of being in business but actually having other people praising you for doing stuff and taking an interest in what you're doing is a tremendous morale booster and um, really engages staff and actually yeah. you know we start putting that out in the local press oh that's the farm that people go and see yeah. I want to work there
0: Yeah. I, I, Colin, I'll just go give you uh, another uh, story of mine. That so uh, we, we put, there was a particular farm um, that had a big problem with uh, with dog walkers, um, and there were walk and and Mr. Farmer didn't didn't like that. Um, we 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 saw some a new farm manager, and within two weeks, uh, this very entrepreneurial farm manager had uh, created a six-acre paddock around some of the the uh, sort of wasteland that wasn't particularly good. Um, and he'd set up a uh, QR codes um, app system, so that people could walk their dogs, and um, it was something like 20 pound uh, a month, and it went to the church to, to uh, replace place, uh, the, the, the lead, on, lead on the roof, and, and everyone's happy, Mr F- Mr. Palmer's happy, because all, all these dogs wandering around, and everyone's saying nice things about, about him, and the church is going to get a new, new roof, and yes, so there's, yes. there's always, there's, when there's a problem, there's always a solution, isn't there, it's just, you just need a different way of looking at things.
2: I think you need a different way of looking at things, that's exactly right, and that's, um, effectively, being a social entrepreneur—that's what I've done. You, you look at a problem and you think there's another way of resolving this, which isn't about getting angry. It's about—it's. I, I, I'm not a judo player, but you know the whole idea of using the weight of your opponent. Yeah. To put them on the ground, so it's about deflecting the weight. So you've got opposition coming to you from whatever quarter. Use that—the intensity of, of that—and divert
0: it. And
2: as, yeah. that's a fantastic example of how to deflect the energy and create something positive.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gordon from Cornwall. Has um, has Colin uh, been self-taught or has he been on any distinct uh, and direct management courses to learn what he's learned to, to better himself, Colin?
2: Well, actually I was self-taught for most of, my, of that um, up until about 2006 or seven, I think. And then I went on one of the most fabulous things I've ever been on. Um, a leadership course at Cranfield uh, <laughs> run by the Praxis Group, yeah. uh, which was profound, uh, deep analysis of, of of all of our our uh, psychology and what motivated us. Um, really deep. So it wasn't standard manager and MBA stuff. I've, I've done a bit of that since. Um, it was actually much more profound about who I am, uh, who, who we all were, and what I'm deeply motivated us, yeah. and that. That was uh, the most eye-opening experience and really helped me ground what I was doing and understand why I wanted to do it and gave me the confidence to do even more of it. Yeah. So I actually expanded the business quite significantly after that course because I was re- reinforcing my belief.
0: Boom. There you go. And I, I think I've, I've said it to, to Mark, and I said it a number of times before, there's this great... Um, I've got to get it out sometime. There's this great graph from Cranfield showing that those companies that invest in their in their people in terms of training and development have better retention, better uh, increased turnover, and better profitability. It's, it's an absolute no No-brainer. No there's a the case of point, the lo- lovely segue there with Cranfield. I'm not, not saying, Colin, Mark, that Cranfield, that we all, all should now run off to, to Cranfield. Cranfield's brilliant, but there's other places that we can... We could go. I, I said it yesterday, I keep on say, saying this, Colin, that um, the better leaders I come across spend 25% of their time just thinking, and that thinking could be attending a conference um, or ha- having some um, off-site uh, training development. Because well, look, look at you, Colin, as an example, as you as said yourself, your business was better because you took time out of the business to make the business better.
2: Yeah, I mean, every single client, I, I say you've taken one day out, so that would be 20%, but at least one day out of the operation. It, well, it literally go somewhere else. You're not on, not within phone distance unless an extreme emergency. Um, uh, so 25. To, uh, sorry, one day on developing strategy, to thinking about the business. One day on clients. One day on operations. One day on staff. One day on money. That's called a sort of breakdown.
0: <laughs> Excellent. That's 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 gold. Send us a bill. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> oh, don't worry. The bill's coming. <laughs> <laughs> But so, so Mark, do you think? So we also our sector slight, slightly different because um, if everyone is so hectic, or we're all milking cows at four o'clock in the morning, or, or we're combining it at, at midnight. Do you think that that um, that, that leaders can, can let go to grow, and so that they can better themselves and the, and the business? What, what do you think, Mark?
1: Um, yeah, I think we can definitely, but it's that whole mindset change and that shift, and where our industry is very routine and and, his, and generationally habitual. It's very, very difficult to actually go from wearing green socks every day to wearing red socks and actually thinking um, a little bit differently. Um, But it's all possible. We just need to step out. Like Colin said earlier, you need to step back a little bit and, and broaden your horizons. Um, to try these these different things.
0: Yeah, and and it's a really interesting comment. Uh, uh, just just said we were are segueing a, 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 a around here, but Mark, do you want to just uh, go for the comment from uh, from Peter? Because it's a really good point. Because we're talking, we've been talking about sort of established businesses and how we can make them better. But actually, where we could probably lean on Colin is uh, is creating businesses. Go on, go, on, Mark, go go for yeah, it that, that question. It's
1: a, it's a really interesting comment again from Peter, and thank you for that. That we've it, he's found it really interesting about actually the. the the operation of the day-to-day operations of the business, but what actually gave you the inspiration? To you've said that you were you're really keen on the environment and you wanted to make. What, what gave you the, the inspiration to actually think about the social enterprise and, and employing this type of demographic of uh, of UK um, citizens within to the business and you get it off the ground?
2: Yeah, oh, that's a really good question. Um, I was really passionate. I started. To, I evolved a passion for the environment, and I thought, if you remember, um. Mrs Thatcher had, she made one speech about being green in 1988. So it was definitely flavor of the Month. It was was a happening thing. And I was starting to take an interest in it, and I thought, yeah, I could do this. And, you know, I had a profound frustration about being an employee. I I, I tried and failed, as I say, with 17 different companies. And I I, I wasn't sacked. I I left every single one. I hated it. Um, And I had some quite good jobs. I just hated working for other people. So that was a huge motivator to start my own thing. Um, No, so the the accident happened. The this 80 people turning up was a real step change for me because I hadn't experienced unemployment in my life. I've never been unemployed. So to see it raw, right in front of you, with you know girlfriends holding their hands and encouraging the men to apply for the job and stay in the queue, it was deeply. um, I can't even think. It was disturbing. Um, but then when I realised so that the key moment isn't so much that you it's the fact that I could take this person on and change a life. Well, wow. It was amazing. I had that power. For 150 quid a week, I could change a life. I could give that opportunity to somebody. Some of them didn't make best use of it, I have to say. Uh, that's, that. you know, one guy was a, a, an alcoholic and couldn't kick it. And obviously you can't be a driver and an alcoholic, that's not a great combo. So, you know, I had to I went round to his house and he anyway, long story, I had to sack him on. He couldn't turn up for work, get another one, get somebody else. But the when you can really help somebody change their life, stay in a house, get out of debt, boost their confidence, it's so much more rewarding than just the job that they do. I have to say it's um, and you know you can see i'm quite emotional yeah. about it i have i could tell you i could be on here for eight hours and tell you a hundred stories well
0: wow. so, so colin, colin what's been the best thing for you of all the businesses that you run what's, what's
2: been the best the best thing oh um yeah uh, actually create oh god the best thing um running greenworks i run i won the contract to recycle all the furniture for HSBC, and I was the company employed one person, and I had a, I had a broken leg at the time. So there were only three working legs. There was no money in the bank, and we won a half million pound contract to recycle all the furniture for HSBC. Uh, about three and a half thousand tons of furniture in six months. We set up a warehouse with a charity that employed uh, wanted to employ homeless people and um, we were able to do that and they employed 12 people on our behalf to run this contract. Um, The most extraordinary experience of my life, the partnership with the charity on the basis of only meeting a guy for half an hour to invest in a warehouse to run this huge contract. Um, The fact that we were able to help so many people in the process of delivering the contract, the fact that um, we were able to actually do something with all this enormous amount of furniture a thousand hats there you know what? seven and a half thousand deaths um none of it went to landfill um, <laughs> lots of it was distributed to other charities so in terms of the thing that i'm most excited about and that was at the beginning of the, the reason why we got the queen's award for sustainable enterprise which was you know just amazing to go to buckingham palace and be given that award um but, you know the best and the most trusted brand in the world yeah. it gives you an award for your enterprise. It's a, a very, pr- a very proud moment.
0: But Colin, show, show off. T- tell us who gave you the MBE.
2: Um, uh, <laughs> it was Andrew, Andrew.
0: Oh, it's a fantastic, excellent.
2: Because yeah. that, c- that was a lovely moment.
0: Yeah, because uh, at at that time he was uh, for foreign center on the on on the on the business side. With with the, I, I love the way that you uh, uh, say that you 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 won this huge account with the with the HSBC. And it's interesting how business culture is um, is different in the UK say to the to the states. Have have where they celebrate success, so they celebrate um, business success. Have you ever been accused of being lucky in business?
2: Oh yeah, lots of people say that um Well, not so lot. but it, it is said, and actually, some people say, you know, when I'm talking to them and I'm coaching them, uh, they say, oh, well, I got lucky, and I said, no, you made your own luck. Yeah, okay. well done. Yeah. You know, you you put yourself. So I was talking to somebody just before this call. You know, she said I started a business, and I, she said, oh, you know, it's, it's, it seems to be working okay. You know, I started I said, Yeah, and ten thousand people thought about starting that type of business. Yeah, you are the one that's actually done it. Um, so you make your own luck to some extent. Yes, yeah. there's a bit of luck there, but you've got to be at the right place at the right time to grab it.
0: Yeah, and again, you've been you've been far too modest. I think with everything that you've done, your seventeen jobs, it was all leading to something, and you had to to, to work your, your your little socks off to get to that point where HSBC present you that that contract that wasn't luck that that was hard work if you hadn't if you if if you hadn't done everything that you'd done to that day you would not have got that that contract so it goes back to what the, that comment that we had um earlier mark it's um don't, yeah don't 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 be shy just just go out there and do it do, do as much preparation as you can but go out there and and, and do it and see what happens mark am i correct
1: yeah, no, I think you're right, and it's it's, it's like Colin said. There's ten thousand people wanting to set up that one business that you've made that that one step, and it's, it's you've got to do your legwork and your research. Definitely, you can't just go into this kind of thing blind. But yeah, you've got to. If it's an opportunity, you've got to give it a go. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think there's something about setting a mission. So I had I had two um uh, sleeping partners, so they were kind of supportive, coaching me, if you like. And they said, "So what do you actually want to achieve at this Greenworks thing?" I said, "Well, I." it took me a little while but i said i want to make a material difference the amount of this material that goes to landfill so that became our mission we want to make a big difference a measurable difference so when you think there's hundreds of thousands of tons that go to landfill um that's got to be i've got to be make you know taking lots and lots of furniture out of the system not just the object so when i'm confronted with hsbc and the scale of this is just 40 times bigger than our current turnover. I was renting a van one day a week. Oh do odd wow. So we weren't, understand- it, it, this, we didn't exist really in any tangible way. A tiny thing. And this guy was working for me for three months. And I, all the money I had was a three month contract. And it was only working for me because I'd broken my leg. And I couldn't drive the van. So you're then confronted with the earth shattering, the massive opportunity that's going to, I'll, I'll um, increase your business by a factor of 40 overnight. You you have a choice. I mean, the, the logic says you should reject it. The logic says HSBC shouldn't have offered it. Um, there, there's no way, no practical way can you take this contract. You have no resources, no no knowledge of this scale. And something, the, the devil on the left shoulder said, sod there, you've got to change the amount of that stuff going to landfill. This yeah. is it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. But we yeah, did yeah. it and, well, it was the making of the business. Um, we partnered with some amazing other organizations. So um, trust is a huge thing. We trusted yeah. other people to help us. I couldn't have set that warehouse up at the time. I was negotiating this ludicrously complex contract with HSBC. Um, and um, somebody else set the warehouse up. So the trust was is huge in business. You need to find people you can work with. You need to give them a basis on which they can trust you, you know, be partly, you know, honest and good to your word. And that partnership lasted
0: 10 years. Yeah. Um it was amazing. Um, uh, Colin, Lorraine in Kent asks, um, it is Colin a curious business individual. And I think what she means by that is um, um, are you always looking for other other elements that, that you can build onto the business or are you are you curious in business? It is is it a good good um skill set to have
2: oh i love it and i am don't i think that's a lovely expression that thank you lorraine um yeah i'm very curious about it and and always looking at you know so what actually is so in the in greenworks part of the problem we had was waste disposal the the stuff that can't be recycled or we can't find a home for is perfectly good um and we evolved um a route to sending it out to sierra leone um I, i heard an mp on the radio who was part of a commission that had gone out there just after the Civil War was ending. And um, I shipped out, I think it was about 20 containers, and we restocked every single government department, or most of them, in Sierra Leone because all the furniture had been burned by the rebels. Lovely. Um, but that worked for me in the business because it reduced our waste disposal costs. We got other companies to sponsor the containers to go out to Sierra Leone, we got fantastic Qdos great story Excellent. but actually i was saving hundreds of pounds on on storage and disposal so yeah i think curious is, is a, a
1: lovely word
0: i like i like, I like that as well like yeah mark go for that question that's just, that's just come in. yeah brilliant
1: we've had a um unfortunately anonymous question come in but um colin what's your key tip um for starting that first business how do you get over the south self, self-doubt oh yeah i think that's a really
2: big question that's the one i hit with all of my uh clients who were in that startup phase i think probably the tip is talk to so many people tell people you're going to do this you'll almost make it that they're asking you have you started that business yet?" you know yeah. create some social pressure on you some peer pressure um because You've got to somehow you can do uh, lots of people do lots and lots of planning. I help people do lots and lots of planning to make it absolutely perfect business. plan. I mean, it's nonsense, nonsense, doesn't it? Um, you have to take the first step. You have to go and talk to a client. So uh, I, in my last job, a training company, which trained people to start a business, we had a scale, I think it was seven points. And um, so first, I, first, do you have an idea? Second point is, have you, test, have you tested that idea to some extent? Third point, and level three was the really important thing, have you sold this product or service at any level to a stranger? Have you crossed that Rubicon? Have you gone over to somebody you don't know and got money for the thing that you want to do? Um, and once people cross that Rubicon the all everything that lights up that first sale that first transaction oh my god somebody actually paid me for the thing i do um and then you can really work the next bit so so i'd say the answer to the question to the, that question is socialize it make it so that you kind of almost force yourself to do it with your peers but then take that first step sell something to a stranger
0: that's uh, s- send us a bill for that one as well Colin because that's another 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 nugget You're okay. around,
2: you? I, don't, I don't think you can afford this
0: interview <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh... Oh God, Max, You can get this out. Uh, HSBC. I, I remember speaking to a, a bank manager uh, years ago. who probably doesn't have a desk, Colin, because he took it off him. And, it, and it's now somewhere in, in, in Africa. He always said that. So the point of a business plan um, was was just, just to show the commitment from from the individual and and then their experience. All business plans change within two weeks of people setting up the business because things move. But, it, but it's just the commitment and, and to get the get them get themselves um, focused on on that idea. Mark, are you going to go for Karen's comments? Because that's yeah, really no. interesting.
1: We've had another great question from Karen Holton up in Cheshire. Um, good to hear from you. Um, um, Karen has got a fantastic business, uh, dairy farming 500 cows, employs uh, all sorts um, of young individuals and pushes them through. But she's asking the question, Colin, that um, she does a lot of mentoring and invests quite heavily within with the employees and, and definitely helps them out both within work and personally. Brilliant. Um, and sometimes it doesn't work out um, and people go... Um, And she's asking how do you cope personally when that is invested so much of your time into that individual it doesn't work oh
2: i think you have to develop a bit of a thick skin and you have to kind of look at the world through their eyes to some extent and not everyone has the same dream Um, and stuff well people's lives are complicated there's a lot of stuff going on that you'll never know about Um, so i think you just have to well, look, at, I mean, I, I do exit interviews. I think that is a practical thing you can do to try and find out what the rationale is, why it went wrong. And I've met people where sometimes I've not been able to do exit interviews because they've just disappeared. Wow. Um I met one guy, and this is where I found out about this drug thing after 100 days. Um, he, he went rogue, weird, very strange, and then disappeared. And then one day I, I was in this, just walking out of an office, and he walked in, and I collared him. and I said, "Oh, how are you doing?" Anyway, this was the place where his drug rehabilitation officer also worked in his shared office space. And um, his girlfriend explained to me that he'd, he'd hit the wall. He, he was he was celebrating because he'd got a bonus from me because he was a fantastic salesman. And um, just as he was going to the pub, his ex dealer drove past and made him an offer that he thought, "Oh, I'm celebrating." And um, of course he hadn't had any drugs for several months and this really, the the, the dosage was far too high for him. And uh, he was lucky to live, I think, from apparently. But anyway, he he disappeared, he was unable to work um, and he had to restart again. Um, But uh, so understanding, so so the answer to the question, um, understanding some of the history, being accepting that people's lives are complicated, different and they don't share the same ambitions as you. And things change and, but just doing you know looking at the successes that also you have had you know with the people that are yeah you know working with you you it it is a numbers game, you won't get every it won't work for everyone it can't yeah, if it did we would be robots,
0: yeah. Yeah, Colin, well done. And I'm just going to interject. Uh, uh, Karen, I think your your business is one of one of the best businesses I've ever met. And I've just like Colin and Mark, I've been to thousands of businesses in the UK and internationally in the way that you, you look after your, your team and you, you take them on and some of the stories that we heard. But it's but but Colin Mark, it is it, just a oh, I don't want to say a numbers game, but just there is the only thing you can predict is change, isn't it? And um, people are just the most most complicated, bizarre things. And you just you just got to keep going. But Karen, you got you got an an amazing business, and I think we, we all love you. But Tom said if I was ever to do a broadcast, I needed to say that I love him more. So just to get 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 that up, Colin. Just we're, we're rapidly running out of time. We could talk to you for hours, um, but we want you to send us another big bill for this big um, nugget of uh, gold that you're gonna you're gonna give us. We, you, you've you've got this feel for agriculture that um we probably don't. We're, we're probably a bit like you. We're probably very modest, realizing not realizing that we we feed the nation. We we do such an important part for it um, how if if you could if you could um instruct us all as to how we can make ourselves more attractive to the general public and to recruit more people to come into our sector what what would be the, the that nugget of, of inspiration that you would give us please
2: cool well i mean i i always talk about sell the sizzle not the sausage <laughs> um and the sizzle that you have in the agriculture industry is the beautiful landscape Wonderful view, the vistas, the animals, the the healthy animals. The, the you, that's the sizzle. That's what I see. I I live in London. I don't know first about farming. I love going into the countryside. I cycle out there all the time, and it's beautiful. And it also feeds me. Sell the sizzle. Sell sell the beauty. Sell the landscape. Sell the wildlife. Sell the quality of the food. Don't sell me spuds don't sell me nutrition don't sell me i don't even think uh, i think the quality thing the red tractor thing is great it yeah. needs to be there but actually it's not very sizzly
0: i'm just gonna let that settle i love that <laughs> go on mark wrap up for us sell the sizzle i'm gonna i'm gonna the old oh, i got an earworm for the rest of the week now sell yeah the sizzle.
1: no on, the, it's been an absolutely fantastic broadcast we have got one more question that have come in which we can quickly say in three words, Colin, uh, this comes from Paul Harris, um, who's a very, very well known, um, he works with a lot of farmers and helps them recruit and retain staff um, within their businesses. What would the three things be um, that you've used to enable, to retain people within the business? What are the three key things um, that you've used to retain people within the business before I do a quick wrap-up?
2: Yeah, I, oh, I think the, the the most important things are um uh, uh, not really about benefits and salary it's not that it's those sorts of things they're kind of expected they're supposed to be those sorts of things you need to be competitive you, of course of course you do um but no actually i think it's about the integrity with which you work with people so when things are not good you explain what's going on and when they're good you share the good um but actually the the sense of being part of something that's that's the thing that keeps people. The sense that you're doing something of worth, that's good. And doing it well as a team. So those are the things. Being part of a team is doing a good thing, I suppose, is the
0: And humour, Colin?
2: Oh well, you know, why not? <laughs> it's always good to have a laugh. But I see I I you know I I think that's important, but it's not the it's not the thing that's gonna keep them there. No, 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 agrees. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, but the last tip I would say is if in three words I would say to every single farmer get a coach get a mentor wow. especially you're such a lonely job I mean business running a business is the most lonely thing and being out in a, a rural landscape where there are you know obviously you have many fewer neighbors many fewer people to reflect with and a business coach somebody you talk to once a month what i call an accountability coach just to download with you know yeah. no one else you can talk to about this stuff um so everybody should have a coach everybody should go down that route and just someone they can stand off with and talk about the strategy the mission and you know all these other things
0: yeah and it's never colin that's not a cost is it that's a benefit oh, that's just gonna pay, pay itself back a gazillion times
1: oh
2: yeah usually
1: go on, mark wrap up for us Excellent. No, thank you, Colin. And you're not the first person uh, to say that. We've got a very good um, farmer up in um, Lancashire, Cumbria, well, I'm not get my geography wrong, Phil Halehead. He would always advocate having a business coach and a life coach to to help him steer him on the straight and narrow, uh, which is good. But what a fantastic broadcast and what, uh, again, like Max says, we could have probably been on here for another six or seven hours and discussing these kind of things your passion and 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 there's more than just a paycheck kind of element which i think we we do need to think about and having employees understanding a little bit more um just the nine to five in terms of their lives and and actually helping them out and providing solutions for just the basic things in life of putting food on the table and and paying the rent and 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 getting on straight and narrow but a couple of the key things that i definitely heard the one to 100 day thing if they turn them up on for day two we've got a chance and if we can do something on to avoid the day 100 wobble um, and, and where they're getting confident, and things probably are starting to progress, progressively burn, like the example you said with the, the bloke that unfortunately um had a bit of a drug addiction. Um, the other things that um, I, I wrote down, that clear vision and, and understanding where the business is going and making sure that people that are coming into the business are vested into that um, and, and are part of that journey and that part of that vision and mission and to push forward. And the last point is just be open-minded do your research, do your background, and just make a step back and try and do something a little bit different. And you never know, like I say, make that one, one degree direction of change, which might end up in a very, very big impact to the business as, as you progress move forward. But I no, thank you very much, Colin. It's been really, really interesting. And I'd well, love to. very enjoy gaming.
0: Excellent. And Colin, we'd love to get you on a farm so that we could... <laughs> We can we can talk in more detail about uh, the sizzle selling the sizzle so that you, you can see it from from the, from the farming perspective. I'm just going to go a uh, slight slight of a segue. There's a there's a brilliant charity RABI which is a uh, um, um, help, helps farm workers. And I've just had a WhatsApp saying that if I describe uh, Tom Hal- Hal- Hamilton uh, as the Daniel Craig of the of the uh, of the dairy sectors, he's going to put 100 pounds in the pot for that charity. So that's done. <laughs> Tom, you're the Daniel Craig of the dairy sector. Colin, I hope it was okay to just uh, segue steamroll the. Broad cost to get get some money in for charity.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Crikey. They all <laughs> desperately need it.
0: Right. Excellent. Thank you very much. Colin, you're brilliant. Mike, you're brilliant. We'll see you in the next one. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We will see you um on, on the next agri leader with the AHTB next month. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you very thank much. You. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. bye-bye, you. bye-bye. bye-bye.